Hi everyone, it's Peter Westerby here today with Anthony Kelly, our guest again. It's good to see you, Anthony. Good to be here, Peter. So we're, we're back in, you know, no, we're in Jagada country. Oh, we're in Brisbane, Turbal, and uh, we're, we're in Anthony and Helen's lounge room. And we're delighted to be exploring Mezzo method today. Um, so... I'm really glad to be with you for this one because I think this is in some ways more, some of the, the simplest and yet most complex it is. part of the work. Both. Yeah. Both. Both. So just to remind our listeners, we, this, this series is on participatory community development and we're really exploring what we've called the method framework, um, a map of good ideas that guide our practice and we have explored implicate which is our relationship with ourselves as a practitioner. We've explored micro-method, which is the kind of more one-on-one -on -one relationships or purposeful relationships we build with people. And as we suggested at the end of the last episode, we then move to this meso-method, which is, is really about groups. That's right. And, and um, I guess I'd, I'd like to, just, to say ask that question of, you know, small groups, is that enough or is there more to it? Like, what is this method, method, meso method and why? Well, it's, it, I first really appreciated it with our uh, um, South Asian colleagues who were community development workers, participatory community development workers. But when they tried to work with the whole village, it, it was extraordinarily successful at some levels, but just, for example, you always got third-person text on behalf of our village, uh, what we need as a, as a village. And they were missing out on really powerful personal text. And the transformative moments came when they got groups of women together, and then suddenly the data and the, the text you and mean the, text, stories the stories yep. and so yep. on just flowed, you know, flowed out. And so I could see then that it was part of the method. It wasn't separate group work. It was part of a whole spectrum of, of, of work. And, and that's why we use this meso. It's that, it's, that, that symbol of the mezzanine yes. between whole communities, which is too big. Too big. Easily co-opted by the confident, the leaders that yes. already have a voice. Yes. Um, and the, the household, which is too small. Small. So we're, we're kind of saying the mezzanine space of, of a sub-community or groups. Groups. So that's that's kind of... Great. Like, so, uh, so our meso method is small groups. Yes. And I mean, and as your South Asian colleagues discovered, it's really the heartbeat. It's where the heart connects with people's stories, and we're in where the they where they can connect also with each other in this informal way with with personal stories with uh, with plans that they build together uh, yeah. and work together and so it was 
not just the individual trust of the micro work, it was then trust with, uh, between people who, you know, just more or less just formally knew of each other yeah. but didn't, yeah. didn't really know each other. So the obvious question, and maybe it's a bit technical, but if we're talking about small groups and the MESA method being sub-community, like what, what's the optimum size of a group that you, in your experience, or have observed a good community worker should be working with? Well, the very best workers that I've seen in the world, um, the maximum size that they work with is 20. Wow, that's quite a lot. Uh, I think there's something like 375 relationships in a group of 20. Hmm, okay. So you've got to be pretty good to be on top of that complexity. (laughs) (laughs) So mostly we work with groups of, you know, seven or eight or nine, you know, When it starts to get up to 15, you know, you really need to be... Because what happens is that some people who are more articulate than others and, and they don't mean to take over, but it just sort of drifts into yes. that. And I think I've, I've said to my students over the many years, it's like a minimum of three. A minimum of three. Twelve's kind of getting a bit complex. Yeah. Ideally, five to seven people. Would like be. Sitting around a table... Everyone can see See each each other. other. And that's, I think, because even though we talk about small groups, I often say to students it's participatory groups and define participatory as everyone can participate. Whereas we know once we get even 20 people in a room, usually five people are confident and the other 15 retreat to quiet. This group of 20 was with a an agency that had been doing this work for years. Yeah. And so they had a whole um, history of of this sort of work and... But 20 stretched them too. Yep. So it's it's normally five, seven, you know, up to 12. Uh, That's usually enough for most uh, able workers. Okay, well, we put that to the listener. Like, so don't get overwhelmed with community in the community development and think you're working with the whole community, the whole mm-hmm. neighbourhood and the whole village. You work with groups in the neighbourhood yeah, or yeah. in the village. It's community as a verb. Yes. Not as a noun or yep. a village yeah, when you're working in Meso. Now, Anthony, I just want to shift the conversation a bit. So, you know, this week I've been, I work part-time for Hummingbird House. I've been up at Bundaberg, small town, 400 kilometres north of Brisbane. And after three months of micro method with a few families that I've been getting to know, I, you know, worked with one family who we together invited four other families and we got together this Wednesday coming. So we had a mezzo group. Yeah, it's fantastic. And now, what what emerged was very much a group that is kind of there to support one another. It's right. it's their group for themselves. Yes, and I'm kind of curious about you. You you talk about the the stages of meso method, and yeah. 
you know, is a group, a meso group always about itself? Or does it, is there ways of thinking that could help our listeners differentiate between groups for themselves, groups for the wider community? I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, okay. Well, my understanding, Peter, and what we shared in the book that we wrote together was that there's th three types of meso groups that we work with in development work. And the first one we named um, self-help group. Yeah. And they're particularly important because they're there for their own personal reasons. Yeah. But they're also there to help the other, uh, the other people. In the group. In the group. Yeah. But their primary focus is still, they go to the group because it helps them. Yeah. That's, that's centrally their, their motivation. Usually those groups um, serve a, a, a functional purpose for a period of time. And when people gain confidence or heal or get what they want, those groups just fold away and have served a wonderful purpose, mm. but, but finish. Yeah. But there's another type of group too, which is more solid in its focus, and we call these community-based groups, where the people are quite conscious that the group helps them, but they also celebrate the fact that it helps other members of their group. So in a sense, it's there's more cohesion there yeah. and um, more stability. In, it, it's likely to be ongoing. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting with your experiment that you're going on with, whether in fact, how long it lasts yes. and, and whether it actually converts itself more into community-based, what we call a CBO, community-based yes, yeah. group, rather than an SHG. But then there's another level yeah. yet again. So which three types. There's three yeah. types. And the third level is what we call a people's organisation. Yes. So a people's organisation is one that they help the individuals, they help each other, and then they see themselves still in their group as being able to go and talk to stimulate other groups yes. that... So they're outward-looking as well. Yeah, without ever losing the, the, mm. the mm. focus that their purpose is to help each other and help themselves. Yes. But organisations can call on a people's organisation, you know, come, we're just about to set up another little group here, meso group, they'd love to hear your story. Yeah. So yeah. they can see themselves contributing to the wider community and the wider society. Yeah. So these kind of groups wouldn't necessarily take on any kind of legal form there. They would maintain a, some mix of formality and informality, That's... but without kind of getting caught up in that next level. Yeah. Which is macro yeah. work. Yeah. Unfortunately, 
particularly in Australia, but in other parts of the world, when a group gets to the point of being a people's organisation, governments very often intervene and say, well, we will give you money to become a homework group. We will give you money to do this. But you need to constitute yourself yes. in order to be able to receive this money and be accountable for the money and so on. And so many people's organisations in Australia have been destroyed yes. because they've been forced to be a community organisation and not a people's organisation. Yeah. So at this point, we, we, we differentiate MESO as it's participatory, it's still very relational-based. The text is personal. Stories. Stories. We can still sit in a circle. We can still sit yeah, in Whereas a if that transitions to a macro, we're in roles rather than relationships. Ships. We're kind of... We're accountable to the wider society because we're constituted to act on behalf of the wider society. Whereas in Meso, we're accountable to one another. To each other. And I think that's a very important differentiation. Okay. Look, so there's one more thing I wanted to chat with in this little podcast, if that's okay. Yep. Um, So I was reflecting with a couple of the professionals um, that I was with at this piece of work at Hummingbird yeah. House this week. And at one point I said, we, I think we had the perfect ingredient yes. um, for this to work. We had what I call the trialectic yes. of the people, leader, and experts. Yes. You know, we had the people that wanted to come and share their stories and meet one another. We had one of the families that kind of had a leadership energy and wanted to take responsibility, and I worked with that family to invite the others. And then we had two nurses who wanted to be a part of the process, who were experts on the issues of children with life-limiting illness. And my sense was that group came together with those three ingredients. Yes. And I, I yeah, I'm just wondering if the, you're, you've kind of got anything to say about that, the, the people, the leaders, the experts, and particularly the role of the experts in Meso. <laughs> Hmm? The role of the expert. It's it's very interesting, you know, that people provide the energy and the leadership can provide the direction. But unless there's knowledge there and and some expertise, people eventually sort of say this is going nowhere, we're not learning anything and it's it's, it's yep. just frustrating really. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Now, the, the issue in terms of providing expertise into this group is that it's not provided in a service role. Yeah. So, generally speaking, we provide the expertise through our own stories. and our, So, we become part of that group. Yes. You know. Yes. This is my best idea that I've got about the problem that we're yeah. all facing. So, the experts sitting with the group. With the group. Yeah. Part of the storytelling mm. process, which is so so important, yeah. Expertise can be, experience can be, can be shared. Or, or you've got a functioning meso group with the people, yeah. as you said, providing energy, the leadership yeah. emerging from yes. the group, providing direction, the facilitator or yeah. community development worker whose expertise is is process. Yes. 
my sense is the group sometimes will need to invite an expert in for uh, educational yes, sessions. Like, you know, I mean, yes. I've been working with, say, a group up at Yapoon around environmental issues. You know, meso groups functioning, they need an expert to come in and give them information yes. about June issues. Yes. And, and I always say, if we invite the expert in, we, we tell them, give us the information, but do not give us advice. Yes. Because <laughs> we want to make our own decisions. decisions. And that, that differentiating of information versus advice, I think, is crucial. Is crucial. Yeah. Uh, so that's an expert from the outside coming yeah. in. I was talking about the expertise of facilitation within, which yes. I hope okay. we'll talk about in terms of the methodology uh, at some future time. Uh, but ex expertise from the outside, if there's any constant theme about the ongoing maintenance of, of meso work, it's training uh, and the provision of ongoing expertise in this area. Now, groups need to be ready for that outside. You mean uh, they need to... I mean, it's the capacitation yes, dimension to, in MESO that yeah. I always say to people, we never say we're doing capacity building. No. But it's the subtext, and the theory, informing what we're doing. We're, doing. we're building capacity, i.e. confidence, new relationships new resources, resources yeah. and part of that is a, a new relationship with an expert with, that might with, be helpful. With resources and expertise resources, from, yeah. from outside. Okay, so well, we, we better move towards finishing. Yeah, so it, it'd be great for you final comments and let us know what you think we should be talking about next time. Well, the methodology itself, how you actually do this work. In the group. In the group is okay. really, really important. How you facilitate yeah. that. So we've talked about the what and the why. Yeah. What we haven't talked about today is how. How do you do it? How do you do it? Um, All right. the, well, the magic of it is when you see the light in people's eyes, you know, that they can do something out of it, they couldn't do before, they feel supported in a way that they haven't been supported before there's magic in meso that's yes. uh, quite yeah and i experienced it this week yes. and been doing it for 32 years and i still every, feel that magic every time it happens yeah you feel that magic well thank you we look thank forward to the thanks, next one thanks peter